0: And we're going to read the first six verses. And if you are able to, would you stand? John chapter 14, starting from verse 1. And it says this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room room in my father's house. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you, so that you will always be where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way. The truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Let us pray. Father, indeed, we thank you for today, for this opportunity to worship and to be together as the body of Christ. And we pray that indeed, Lord, you would open our hearts and our minds to hear from you. We pray that your Holy Spirit would fall fresh on us once again, that you would speak, that you would move, and that you would have your way. And Lord, indeed, we pray for obedience to respond accordingly to the moving of your spirit. And so speak to us, Lord, challenge us, and we pray, Father, that you would have your way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. How many of you like surprises? Put your hand up if you love a good surprise. How many of you don't like surprises? Okay. Well, those of you who don't like surprises, I'm the same way. I actually don't like surprises. I feel very uncomfortable when there's a surprise because I don't know what to expect. Right, And I am the kind of person, I like to be in control. I like to know what to expect. I like to plan. I like to know where I'm going, what the weather's going to be, how I should dress, should I eat before I go, what kind of food's going to be served, how long should I plan to be there, what kind of shoes to wear. You know, I like to know all of those things in advance. So I'm not really the kind of person that likes surprises because I like to be prepared right? I'm sure that some of you can relate to that. And there are certain things in this life that unfortunately we just can't prepare for. There are certain things that unfortunately happen that we just can't be fully prepared for, like heavy traffic. We can't fully be prepared for that. Sleeping through your alarm clock. Unfortunately, there's not much we can do about that. Getting a flat tire. You know, There's, there's not much to do about that. Missing the bus. Right? Unfortunately, there are some things that we cannot fully prepare for. However, there are some things that we can make sure to do before those things happen to try to be as best prepared as possible. You know what I'm saying? So, for example, you know, leaving the house a bit earlier and, and giving yourself a little extra time to make allowance for, you know, the times and traffic. Having an extra alarm clock set. If you know that you know normally you hit snooze or you turn it off by mistake, maybe having a second alarm clock happened. I, I certainly need that sometimes. Making sure that you have a spare tire and you know how to use it. right? So there are certain things that we can do in order to plan ahead and to prepare better for those unexpected things in life that happen. In the same way, although we can't fully be prepared for everything, there are certain things that we can do to be prepared. And today I want to talk to you about preparing for something that is very important in our life. And this is something that has been a burden on my heart, and I want to share with you how important it is for us to be prepared for something like death. You see, many people are afraid to talk about death, and they feel very uncomfortable talking about it. But when we look around at our world, at our situation, death surrounds us, and it can bring about a lot of fear and a lot of uneasiness. And the most important thing that we can do is be prepared for when it does come. Because, you see, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not guaranteed today. We're not guaranteed the next day or the next day. And a lot of people often have this misconception that, you know, I don't have to worry about that until I'm old, right? Or, you know, when, when I'm on my deathbed, then things will change. You see, we don't have that luxury all the time because death can happen just like that. And last Sunday evening, as I was sitting, for some reason, I just began to cry. And I just began to cry because there are so many people who are dying every single day who don't know the Lord. There are so many people who are leaving this life unprepared. And although we cannot be fully prepared, there are certain things that we can do to prepare. I don't know if this is correct but statistics say on average there are 150,000 people who die every single day. That's a large amount of people. And I'm sure that in some way or another all of you have known someone who has passed away whether that person has been extremely close to you or distant, you know someone who has passed away. And I want you to understand that this is not about being negative today. It's about facing reality and being prepared. In the Bible we just read, Jesus tells us, don't let your hearts be troubled. In other words, what he's saying is, don't worry, don't stress, don't lose sleep over this, don't be so overwhelmed by this. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Instead, he says, trust in God and trust also in me. You see, we don't have to fear death when we are fully trusting in Jesus Christ. When we are fully trusting in Jesus Christ, there is no need to fear death. There is no need to be afraid. The word death itself can often cause people to feel afraid and and to worry. But God doesn't want us to live in fear. He doesn't want us to be afraid and to fear and and to be concerned with all those things. He, He wants us to live and enjoy our life trusting him and believing in him. And as Christians, we don't have to fear death. Because as Christians, we understand that death is not the end for us. It is not the end and so we do not have to have that spirit of fear because our trust is in God. The reality is whether we want to talk about it or not, that death is going to come for us one day and for our family members. And it's important for us to be prepared for when it does come. Growing up in when I was in school, I would say that I was a really good student. I was one of those students that you know, always tried to do my best and to get the best grades and was very competitive at doing things. And so I remember when I was in grade school, there was um, a, a project that we were supposed to do. And the teacher told us, you know, we had the weekend to do it. And, and then starting on Monday, she was just going to randomly pick students to go first, right, in, in whatever order. So we didn't know what order. Normally I was one of those students who would always volunteer to go first to do my presentation. And the reason was yes I was finished it but then I could just relax so that when other people were going I wasn't worrying and thinking about my own presentation and getting scared and nervous. My presentation was done, right? And, I, and nobody had I couldn't compare myself to anyone so you know I would always like to go first. So on this occasion, right? Monday morning came real quick. And I wasn't done my presentation. I wasn't ready. And so I was sitting there hoping, praying, declaring in the name of Jesus that the teacher would not pick me to go. Right? And so, you know, I don't remember exactly when I went. But I do remember that I didn't go that day. And I was so relieved because I was not prepared. I didn't want to go because I wasn't prepared for what it was that I was supposed to talk about, and I wasn't ready to go. You see, when we are not prepared for death, we will never want to talk about it. We'll never want to talk about something that we're not ready for and we're not prepared for. But when we are ready and we know without a shadow of a doubt where we are going, Then we can have full confidence knowing that God is with us and we do not have to fear. Although I said we can't be fully prepared, there are certain things that we can do. And today I just wanna start by going through some things that we can do to prepare ourselves and to prepare ourselves for for death one day, but then also to, to come to terms with the fact that our family members will not always be around. So, first of all, we should prepare ourselves mentally. It's important that we mentally prepare ourselves, and what that means is to tell ourselves and remind ourselves that it is a reality. It is going to happen one day, regardless of whether we're ready for it or not, and it's important that we remember that death, even though it comes, death was never God's intent for us. Did you know that? It was never God's intention that we should die. Because when God originally created us, he created us to live forever. That's God's intention. But because of sin, because sin entered the world, that separates us from God and it causes death. And with sin came sickness and diseases and viruses and infections and and all of those things in a sinful world. And so unfortunately now, it is a reality for us. I hope this isn't something that you have to deal with for a very, very long time, you and your family members. But it is important that we remember that we need to prepare ourselves mentally, that one day it will come. We're not going to live forever on this earth. We're not going to be here forever, and that's a good thing. You want to know why? Because I cannot fathom living in a world full of pain and sorrow full of sickness and disease and suffering forever. And I am so grateful that one day we have glory to look forward to, that one day we don't have to worry about that anymore, that one day we will be free and healed and completely restored in physical, in in every single way and in relationship with God. And so we have hope to look forward to. And I believe that when we've mentally prepared ourselves, then we can move on to emotionally preparing ourselves. Emotionally dealing with death can be difficult. And there is no doubt. There is no doubt because we love our loved ones. We care for them. We've shared life. We build memories. And we cannot fully be prepared. But here are some things that we can do one of the things that we can do is make time to spend with your family and loved ones. You see, everybody is busy, right? We live in a society, in a world where it's so busy, time is precious, time is of the essence. We often don't have time for certain things, but it is so important that we make time. For what is important, that we make time for our family and our loved ones, that we spend time as much as possible with them. I want to encourage you that if you have children, make time to allow those kids to spend time with their grandparents. It is so important that they build that relationship, that they invest in that relationship. Allow them the time to do that. If you are separated from your children's father or mother, make time to allow them to spend and have a relationship with that father or with that mother. Allow them to develop that relationship, to grow and have that connection. Don't put off calling or visiting people. You know, I I know that with a pandemic it has been so difficult for us to connect to each other, but almost all of us have a phone. Almost all of us have some sort of connection to the outside world, whatever that may be. Use that connection, whether it's text message or email, a phone call or a socially distanced visit. Whatever it is, make time to do it and don't put that off. Don't hesitate to tell people how much you love and appreciate them. Don't hesitate to do that. Oftentimes, when a death happens, there are so many regrets. I wish I had said this, or I wish I had told them that, or I wish I had done this. Do that now so that you don't have to regret those things later. Don't miss that opportunity. How can we also emotionally prepare ourselves? Well, it's important that we apologize to those that we have done wrong to and hurt, and also forgive those who have hurt us And done wrong to us you see we can have peace in this life knowing that we've let those things go there is no need to harbor unforgiveness in our hearts life is too precious and it's too short and so apologize and forgive let those things go it is also important that we physically prepare ourselves and what do I mean by that well I mean not physically in our body but physically doing something like this If you want to travel, and and I know, again, there's been a pandemic, we've been held off, but I'm not talking about like immediately right now. What I'm talking about is many people wait until they're retired or they're old, right? Because you think, then I'll have more money, then I'll have more time, then I'll be able to do it. Some of you can testify that when you have gotten to that age, that is when you can't travel, That's when you're not able to do the things that you wanted to do. Allow yourself that time now. Plan ahead so that you can travel before you're uh, retired or travel before you get to that point where you're physically not able to do that anymore so that you will be able to do those things. Something else that I thought of that we can physically do is to train your children or your grandchildren to do things. And here's what I mean by this. A lot of people, a lot of children and grandchildren are dependent upon their parents or grandparents to do certain things for them. But it is important that you impart the skills that they need from a young age so that they can sustain themselves and teach themselves. Teach them how to cook. That is very important. Trust me. I wish I learned, I took time to learn that earlier in life, (laughs) right? Teach them how to cook. If you have a traditional dish, teach them how to make that. Show them how to take care of themselves. Teach them how to spend money wisely and how to properly invest and save. Teach them how to change a tire and change oil. These are skills that we need in life. You see we cannot be dependent upon everyone else, but it's important that you take the time to teach your children and grandchildren life skills, things that they need to know. It is also important that we pass on knowledge, wisdom and information. So many of you are just like a fountain of knowledge. Because over your life you have accumulated so much wisdom, so much knowledge, so many life experiences that others of us have not yet. And you know what I think it is a shame? When people die and that knowledge and wisdom die with them. Because they have not taken the time to pass it on, don't be selfish. Share that. Share what you have learned so that others can benefit from the wonderful wisdom and knowledge that God has helped you to accumulate. Discuss with those you trust where to find important documents. Now, these are practical things that you can do that a lot of people don't, right? It is important that you show that those who you trust, and I'm not saying, you know, specific people. There's certain people that you may trust more than others, where these important documents are, like your passport and birth certificates, important um Uh, identification documents, where your banking documents are, or your income tax documents, your home documents, you know, digital accounts. Now most people have email and social media. Show people that you trust where to find those things. Don't hesitate to discuss final wishes. You know, many people are scared to talk about death because they feel, you know, if I plan for it, if I I make papers, if I do this, it's going to come. Come on, come on now, right? This is true, right? But it is important that we plan ahead. Discuss your final wishes. If there are certain things that you want done at your funeral, do you want a cremation or a burial? You know, do you want to do this or do that? Pre-planning is one of the best things that you can do because it takes the burden off of your family and loved ones because in that time they are so overwhelmed with grief and they don't know what they're they're doing most of the time, right? And and so it is important if you pre-plan that that is out of the way that it's done and you get it at cost on the day that you do it, Right? So regardless of however long you may live, that is the cost that you get it at, not at inflated cost years later. So pre-planning is one of the best things you can do. All right, very quickly, another thing that you can do to prepare physically, and this may sound strange, okay, but bear with me. Don't hesitate to take pictures and videos. Amen. And this is why I'm saying this. Because these are the things that your loved ones will treasure and cherish once you're gone. These are the things that you're going to cherish when your loved one has passed on. Many people say, oh no, my hair doesn't look good. I'm not dressed nice, you know, not today. Not You know, take pictures on special occasions to mark milestones for no reason at all. Take videos because these are the things you will hold on to and treasure. Here's another thing. Use your stuff. Use your stuff. Here's what I mean by that. I think it's so unfortunate that people work so hard and buy things. You know, you work so hard to buy things that you end up never using, right? Some of you, and, and listen, I know this, some of you have dishes that cost a lot of money, right? Probably cost a lot of money. And it is just sitting in that cabinet and you've never used it, right? And then, and then you know, you beg your children to take them and they, I don't want that, right? Come on now, I know, right? Use your stuff. You worked hard for it. Wear your clothes. Don't save that dress for a special occasion wear it now every day that you are alive is a special occasion every day use your stuff I'm not even gonna me- I'm not even gonna mention the furniture that we don't sit on or we're not allowed to sit on so I'm, I'm just gonna skip over that one and you know let the Holy Spirit convict you if that you know but use your stuff. You know, you work hard. What's going to happen after? Use it. Enjoy your life. God wants us to enjoy, to live abundantly to the full. The last thing I want to say on this is prepare yourself financially. Prepare yourself financially. Take time to get your affairs in order. Take time to, if you know you don't have life insurance, maybe that's something that you want to look into to make sure that your family is taken care of. You know, it's important that you make sure that your your spouse or your family members know where certain things are, what bills to pay. Because here's here's something, I have met women whose husbands passed away and they took care of all of the financial things. They did not know how much was in the bank account, what bills needed to be paid, when the due dates were, none of that. You know, and it's important that you share that. And it's not just one person, but you know what's happening here. And one of the most important things that we can do is make a will. Make a will. If you don't already have one, I want to encourage you. Make a will. It is so important. So that's all I'm going to say on on those. But it is important that we do our best to prepare and get ourselves ready in those ways. Whether we live to be 120 or whether we live to be 20, whatever it is, we need to be prepared as best as possible for ourselves and for our family members. Amen. In verse 2, Jesus says, There is more than enough room in my Father's house. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be where I am. Jesus has told us that he has prepared a place for each one of us. He has prepared a place in heaven for each one of us. Jesus has prepared a place in heaven, and listen to this. It's up to you and it's up to me if we want to go there. It's up to us if we want to go there. The question of what happens after we die and and where do we go is one that has been debated and talked about for centuries. Many people from different religions and, and walks of life have different opinions on what happens after a person dies. Some believe that once we die, we simply stop existing. We cease to exist. Some hold that hell is just a temporary place that people go, but it is not permanent. Some believe that everyone goes to heaven and nobody goes to hell. Others are convinced in reincarnation and others have no idea what to believe. But here's the thing. The Bible teaches us what to believe. And that is the truth that we hold. And the Bible teaches us that while our physical bodies may decompose and decay, our souls live forever. And our souls live forever either in God's presence or eternally separated from God. And what that means is that there are two possible destinations for us to go, and I'm going to simply say it. There is a heaven and there is a hell. And it doesn't matter what we want to believe or what we hope to believe or what others tell us. This is what the Bible teaches us, and that is truth that God talks about. There are only two possible destinations. Have you ever noticed that at funerals, everybody goes to heaven? Did you ever notice that? I have never been to a funeral where anyone's ever gone to hell. Have you? No. And what I mean by that, and I'm not making a joke of this, but what I mean by this is that nobody wants to admit the harsh reality that there is a hell. This is the simple truth, my friends. Nobody wants to admit the harsh reality that not everybody goes to heaven. And that is a scary thing to think about. That we can either be in God's presence or we can be eternally separated from him. And that is forever. And the choice is ours. Jesus gives us that choice because he has given us a free will. He has given us the ability to choose and he warns us. You know in the Bible Jesus actually talked more about hell than he did about heaven. He gives us more idea and insight into hell than he did and he talked about heaven. That is because he's giving us a warning. He's telling us of a place of darkness, a place of loneliness and uh, and hopelessness and completely separated from God. He warns us that this is what death, eternally separated from God, is. And he urges us to choose life to choose him, to trust in him, and to believe in him because the choice is ours. Those who are saved, that means those who are trusting in Jesus Christ for salvation, will immediately be ushered into God's presence. We will remain there for eternity. In Philippians chapter 1, verses 21 and 20, 21 to 23, Paul says, For me, living means living for Christ, And dying is even better. He says, but if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which I would be, would be far better for me. He tells us that it is even better when we are face to face with God, when we are in his eternal presence. Because the scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians to be absent from the body And be present with the Lord. To be absent from the body and be present with the Lord. That means that when our souls leave our bodies, when our souls and spirits leave our bodies, we go to be with the Lord. But here's the thing. For the unsaved, that is those who have rejected Christ and do not believe in him and have not accepted his offer of grace... Those who are spending eternity separated from God in hell. It says that it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. After this, the judgment. Jesus warns us about this. He tells us that you have the choice, that you have the ability. But here's the thing, you have to make that choice now. You have to make that choice now because when we leave this life, it will be too late. When we leave this life, it's going to be too late. That choice needs to be made now, and we are not guaranteed tomorrow. And so today is the day of salvation. James chapter 4 verse 14 says, You do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Because this life is so short, we don't know what tomorrow will hold. But here's one truth that we do know for certain. Jesus Christ tells us that he is the only way to eternal life in heaven. He is the only way to eternal life in heaven. And that's my last point for today. He is the only way. So many people believe that if they're good, that's good enough. Did you know that if you ask the majority of people if they will go to heaven or what you should do to go to heaven, they'll say be a good person. Right? I need to be a good person and while that is important to be a good heaven, be a good person, that's not what's going to get you to heaven, my friends. Here's the reality. The only way to eternal life in heaven is through Jesus Christ. That is the only way. I don't know if any of you enjoy driving downtown Toronto. But I don't mind it, and I don't mind the traffic so much, but one thing that really, really bugs me sometimes and frustrates me are the one-way streets right? Because there are certain streets you can't turn left on or you can't turn right and they're one way and and and, you know so if you're coming down that street and you need to go the other way you know you have to go all the way around and find a new route because you can't turn around you can't make a U-turn three-point turn you can't go the opposite direction. It is the same thing with Jesus Christ. He is a one-way street And there is no other path that leads to heaven and eternal life. He tells us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So it doesn't matter how good you are by yourself. It is grace alone That saves us. It is believing in him. There is no other way. And the only way that we can be certain of spending eternity with God is by preparing ourselves spiritually. By trusting in Jesus Christ. By claiming him as our savior and our Lord. By putting our faith and our trust in him. By acknowledging him as the one true living God a savior of our lives. That is the only way because God is our creator. That means simply that you have made a personal decision to trust in Jesus. You see, you cannot get to heaven on someone else's faith. You cannot get to heaven simply because your grandmother was a Christian or your father took you to church every Sunday. You can't get to heaven simply because you attended Sunday school from a young age or, or even that, that you did good works and you did good things. The only way that we can fully be saved is by trusting fully and completely in Jesus Christ. Because we recognize... That he is the way, the truth, and the life. Because we recognize how awesome God is and how amazing he is. And the gift of salvation that he offers us can come in no one else. The Bible tells us if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. You see, it's not about doing this or doing that. It's not about doing this or or giving that. But it's about believing in Jesus Christ so that he changes us and transforms us in the inside. And then that change compels us to live a life that is changed and do good work. It's not because we're doing good work just so that we can go to heaven. God has already paid the full price. And there's nothing that we can do to work and earn our way into heaven. Recently, I learned a term called YOLO, Y-O-L-O. Have you, have you heard that before? YOLO? Well, it means you only live once. So, you know, I, I've heard it. I didn't know what it meant, but it means you only live once, and a lot of people will, will do certain things, and they'll say, YOLO, you know, you only live once, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on this, because I only live once, you know, I'm going to buy this, you only live once, I'm going to try this, because you only live once, right, I'm going to do all that I can do now, because you only live once, you see, as believers, that's not true, because we live twice. And the the things that we do in this life and the decisions that we make now determine what happens in the next. And if we fail to make that decision, then we give up an eternity with Christ forever. I believe that many people fear death simply because they're not prepared for when it comes. I want to ask you a question. If you were to die today... Are you ready to meet God? If you were to pass away and leave this life today, are you ready to meet God? Do you know where you are going? You see, it's a scary thing for so many people because the truth is a lot of people are not sure. A lot of people are not ready. And even some Christians are not ready. I've heard Christians say, I hope that I go to heaven. I pray that I go to heaven. I wish that I will go to heaven. But it's not about praying and wishing. You see, when we trust in Christ, he gives us the assurance of eternal life. So we don't have to pray and wish and hope. We can know for certain where we will spend our eternity with him. John chapter 10, verse 27 and 28 says, My sheep listen to my voice, Jesus says. He says, I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Charles Spurgeon says a beautiful thing. He says, when the time comes for you to die, you need not be afraid because death cannot separate you from God's love. Death cannot separate you from God's love. My friends, I want you to think about your life. I want you to seriously think about, it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, but the simple truth is, some of you have never made that personal decision for your life, for yourself, for to trust in Jesus Christ. And today is the day for you to make that because tomorrow is not guaranteed. Every single day, so many people are leaving this earth unprepared. Don't be one of them. Prepare yourself, because the most important thing we can do is to be prepared spiritually. We don't know exactly what heaven is going to be like, but we know that God's going to be there. He tells us it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be more beautiful than you've ever seen He tells us that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind can imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. A sick man turned to his doctor as he was leaving the examination room. He said to the doctor, doctor, I'm afraid to die. Tell me what lies on the other side. Very quietly, the doctor looked at him with compassion and the doctor said, I don't know. I don't know what is on the other side when when you die. As the doctor was holding the handle of the door ready to open it, they could hear some scratching and whining noises from the doctor's dog on the other side of the door. When he opened the door, the dog ran right in and sprang into his master's arms, leaped with eagerness. The doctor turned to the patient and he says, you know something? My dog has never been in this room before. He's never come into this room. This is the first time that he's ever come in like that. He says he doesn't know anything about it, but you see how he jumped in without fear and with eagerness and joy. He says, I don't know exactly what may be on the other side of death, but he says, just like my dog, I know that my master will be there and that is all that I need. You see, we may not know exactly what is going to happen and how it's going to happen, But God tells us to be absent from the body and be present with the Lord. We can have the assurance that one day when this life on earth comes to an end, that we don't have to be afraid because God gives us that hope so we don't have to grieve as the rest of the world grieves who have no hope. But we can have full assurance that we are going to be with our master in heaven one day. My friends, today is a day of decision. It is the day of salvation. And there are some of you who I believe need to make that personal decision for yourself. You need to take that leap of faith and say, God, I've been holding off for far too long. I've been straddling the fence and and not fully committing to you. But today is the day that I choose because I recognize how much you love me. And there's no greater love than what you have shown me. Today, for some of you, you have been Christians for a long time. But maybe you haven't been living a life that is pleasing to God. And today can be that day where you renew your relationship with God. Where you say, God, I know that I have fallen away. I know I've done my own thing and I've gone my own way and walked my own path, but I renew my relationship with you. Maybe today you simply need to say, Lord, I'm coming before you on behalf of my loved one, on behalf of my son or my daughter, my grandchild, my niece or nephew or godson or goddaughter, whoever it may be, because they don't know you and we all have family who don't know the Lord. And maybe today you simply need to say, God, give me the urgency to tell others about you, to tell others about your love. Just because I have my ticket doesn't mean that I shouldn't tell others and warn them that they need to know you before they leave this life. Whatever it may be, we have business to do with the Lord. And so, what I'm gonna ask you to do is, I'm gonna ask you if you feel comfortable standing, that you stand. If not, then you sit. But for those of you who would like the opportunity to come and kneel and stand socially distanced around this altar at the front of the church, whatever you feel comfortable doing, as we sing, you come. Don't leave this place unprepared. Don't leave today just in the same way that you came in, but come and make sure that you are right with God. And after we sing, we're going to lead you in a prayer. And the Bible doesn't talk about a specific prayer that you have to say to receive Jesus. It says if you believe in your heart, if you confess with your mouth. But I'm going to lead you in a prayer of guiding you to make that decision. All right? And and that decision of, of believing in Jesus, you can make today. So you come. Please stand. You come. If you want to pray for yourself if you want to pray for a family member if you want to pray to ask the Lord to help you because God is an awesome God and he deserves all our honor and all our worship he is so awesome and he extends his grace to us because we are saved only by his grace and so today I invite you to come as we sing feel free to be seated let us pray and at the end of my prayer i'm going to lead us in a prayer that if you would like to pray along with me whether it's out loud or silently in your heart then you can do that today let us pray father i thank you so much for who you are and truly god you are an awesome god And Lord, we will never be able to comprehend how big and how great you are. We will never truly be able to comprehend how much love you have for us. But we thank you that you offer us that gift of salvation. We thank you that you are the only way, the truth, and the life. That it is in you that we find hope, that we find forgiveness, that we find peace, that we find salvation, that we find the strength to go on. And so, Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters today. I pray that you would give them a a, a fresh hope, Lord, to know that you walk with us. We thank you, God, that we don't have to fear death, but we can live with confidence knowing that you are right there with us. We thank you, God, that no matter how long you may allow us on this earth, Our life is in your hands and we trust you because we know that what is coming is better than what is here. We thank you for the hope that there is a heaven. We thank you, oh God, that one day there will be no more sorrow. There will be no more pain. There will be no more suffering. But we thank you for the hope that Jesus Christ gives us. We thank you in the midst of this world That we can have peace with you that we can choose life because you've given us that choice and so today God we renew that relationship with you we pray that you would give us that assurance and that confidence so that we don't have to fear but we can live lives that are pleasing to you oh God and not wonder and hope and wish but have full assurance Father, for those of us who are all of us who have family members and loved ones who don't yet know you, Lord, we pray that you would turn their hearts, that you would turn their their minds to you, oh God, and we pray that you would use us, that you would use other means and methods to plant that seed, oh God, to help tell them about Jesus and give us that urgency, Lord, as Christians to share, to not be complacent, but to know that you have called us all to go into all the world and teach the good news, to be your hands and feet and tell others about your goodness, your love, and that there is a God and he loves them. Father, we pray that you would use us, oh God, and that you would help us in every area of our lives to stand firm on your word and on your truth. And Father, for my friends who don't yet know you, I pray that they would choose to make a decision today to to make today to be that day of salvation for sure to know that one day when we leave this life we will be in your eternal presence and so my friends if you would like to pray this prayer you feel free to pray along with me heavenly father i know that i am a sinner i know that i have done wrong but i thank you for the forgiveness that you offer me i thank you lord for the gift of eternal life that you have made possible through your son jesus christ and i believe that jesus christ is your son the only way to heaven and so today i receive that gift of salvation i put my faith and my trust in you and i choose life i thank you for dying in my place i thank you for sending jesus and i thank you god for raising him from the dead. And so, Lord, I trust in you. I make you, Lord, the king of my life, and I celebrate my faith today. I believe in you through faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I receive your gift. I receive it, Lord. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Change me and transform me as only you are able to do. Through Jesus Christ we pray, amen.